I'm Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very, very excited to have you guys with us this week, or at least I'm super excited because well, I'm it excited is, too, Josh. You yeah. Know, Thanksgiving's it, coming right up. Right. So this, this episode is going to post on the Thursday before Thanksgiving. And so we switched up our schedule a little bit. So this week is a wine week and we're going to be doing wines that go with Thanksgiving food. So rather than having each of us have different Thanksgiving foods. We've just got one set of food. We've got three different wines to go with it that are great pairings to go along. So dad, why don't you tell us a little bit about the food first? Okay. Uh, your mom is fantastic at making pecan pie. I'm doing dessert first. You notice how that works, Josh? Oh yeah. I'm pretty good at making dressing. It's an herb dressing, but I didn't do my personal one. I updated one that I got at Trader Joe's and you know added some more flavor to it so hold on a sec for first for those of you that aren't from the south or Mm. from I guess kind of western too this is stuffing it's the same thing as stuffing oh we we can get it we can get into the differences a little bit later but it's the same idea you can stuff your turkey with it but we never have done that we always make it in a big pan that's how my mom taught me to do it and besides Josh and I fry our turkey so i don't know what would happen with that stuff a fire department that's <laughs> yeah, what would happen. i think so and then uh same thing we uh we've got a turkey breast and so that's the traditional you can have all kinds of other sides but we just kind of cut with the three so that's what we're having to eat yeah so we've got like i said we've got three different wines tonight we have a sparkling we have a white and we have a red so i brought the sparkling and the white the sparkling is a Lucien Albray, Cremant d'Alsace Rosé from Alsace, France. And then the white is the Hugel Classic Gehertzwiener, again from Alsace. That's a vintage 2014, so it's going to be interesting to taste some a uh, little bit aged Gehertzwiener. And then, Dad, you brought the red, so what you got? I have a Nouveau Beaujolais. And it's the 2020. It just came out. I went to the liquor store and I said, uh, do you have the Nouveau Beaujolais? And they go, oh yeah, it just came in. We hadn't even unpacked a box yet. So I timed it perfect. Yeah. And, and that's from the uh, Georges de Bouff. Yeah. De Bouff. Good French wine. Uh, he was a French wine merchant, but we'll get into the, that history later. All right, cool. So um, you ready to dig in? Yeah, what What are we starting with, John? Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with the Cremant Alsace, or the Sparkling Rosé from Alsace. <laughs> we didn't even plan for it, but all of these are actually from France. There are some great American wines that you can substitute if you want to, but we'll we'll kind of get into that as we're going through. This is one of my favorite wines especially sparkling sparkling wines. This is an under $20 bottle. A lot of times you can find it around 15 depending on your local liquor store. And it is a beautiful like Oh, it is beautiful. salmon like salmon pink kind of color. Oh, you know what, Josh? We forgot something. What do we forget? Oh, yeah, we did, did a, a blind. I, I did oh, a I'm beer so blind and it's wine week. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we're, we're all, you know, I'm dizzy from Josh changing things, but we did do a beer blind last week, and I worked down my sheet, and at the very end, Josh goes, is it stout? No. John, what is it? What is it not? And I kind of worked through that. Man, I landed on a Sasson. So, Josh, what was it? So, that was a beer from a brewery called Dixie Beer, Dixie Brewing in New Orleans. It is from their Voodoo line of beer. Uh-oh. And it's not a Sasson. It is not a Sasson. <laughs> but it was it was called their Lil IPA. Um, it's a 4.7 ABV IPA. You know, it was kind of hazy, so I kind of get where you're getting from the Sasson. This to me is an IPA that I can drink. So it's not super, super hoppy. Do you know what the IBUs is? It doesn't actually have it listed on there. I think it must be sort of low because that's that's what was happening to me. I couldn't I couldn't get the IBUs of the hops out of it. Yeah. And remember, you know, we talked about we talked about it actually on the podcast that sometimes, you know, the, the IBUs can be tricky and you know, sometimes even an IPA can have kind of a lower IBU on it. I guess it'd probably be around in the 40s to 50s. Well, that's what I said when I was tasting it. So I didn't think it was a... Well, anyway. Okay, one for four. Yeah, but it was... I mean, but no was, pressure. Mom got her... She's <laughs> batting a thousand. She, yeah, yeah, she's uh, batting a thousand. So, 
but yeah, so that was a really, that was a really good blind. And, you know, we talked about it afterwards that, you know, sometimes it just takes practicing, you know, knowing what you're drinking with your sheet to kind of start, start learning it and start whittling it down. So, all right. Nora, back to the wine. Back to the delicious wine. So this is, like we said, this is beautiful little salmon pink uh, kind of color. We are drinking uh, today out of the Riedel white wine glasses because they're good all-purpose glasses, and Beaujolais actually does kind of well in a in a smaller bowl. Uh, so that's why we went ahead and kept that with the red. But uh, this, you can really get your nose, and the bubbles look great oh, yeah. on it. What are you kind of getting on the nose? I see you nosing it over there. Well, I'm getting a lot of fruit nose yeah sort of fruit forward now as far as you know flowers or any other thing i'm trying to reach for those yeah i get kind of like really light cherry white cherry there's some like light floridity on there but it's kind of like white flower or even just kind of like a light blossom like early early season flower yeah maybe a little jasmine something like that Mm -hmm. light yeah Maybe just a little honeysuckle, I, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's nice and floral. I get that sweetness just from the aroma. So good. I mean, there's, you can kind of smell it. There's a little bit of minerality, but it's definitely there on the palate. That like a bright, chalky kind of flavor. And, you know, it's, it's still white cherry, light floridity. But now it's not classified as a sparkling, or is it? It is, but it's not champagne. Right. So, okay, so it's from France. So it's from... It's not in the champagne area. Correct. This is from Alsace. So okay, right. the governing body or the AOC designation for this wine is called Cremant d'Alsace. So Cremant is a sparkling wine that's made in France that's done in the same method as champagne. And the d'Alsace means it's from Alsace. I, like, I think Alsatian wines are so underrated and they are some of the best deals in the market. Like if you were to put this, you could put this on a on a wine menu for thirty dollars a glass, and okay. you could drink it, and you would not be. I don't think you would be disappointed. Right. Okay. Like, but yeah, this is that, actually. Go ahead. So what are we going to pair first with it, Josh? So I think we should just start at the beginning. I think we should start, you know, with the dressing, and then go to the turkey, okay. and then go to the the pecan pie with a homemade crust. Okay, because, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, that's mom, what Joanne did. Uh-huh. Mom's a BA like that. So tell us a little bit about the stuffing. Like I said, at Trader Joe's, didn't do my normal because my normal will feed 25 people. So I, I, I wasn't <laughs> going to do that. So I just took their out-of-the-box stuffing with their herbs, and then I doctored it up. I added some celery. I, I didn't add onion because I didn't want it to be too too spicy that way yeah i added some thyme and who knows what's in that package right (laughs) i mean it's probably a standard poultry blend thyme rosemary sage i did i did add some poultry seasoning that i had i added some celery salt and i can taste that it's pretty salty Mm -hmm. and so i was thinking maybe not to do that it's not overly salty it's really, I, really good. I herbaceous. added a raw egg like I always do with mine, with my stuffing or dressing. But and then I added uh, a boiled egg that I cut up with it. Okay. So your raw egg, do you like mix up the raw egg or you just like crack an egg over it? No, it you mix it. You, you stir it up so okay. it's mixed and then you, I just poured it over. Part of the binder. Smaller, smaller batch. Right. Like I said, my normal batch is 25, so I use... Uh, I don't know, four raw eggs and four cut up <laughs> boiled eggs. So. Yeah. So how's it pairing, Josh? I see you over there snacking. It pairs really, really well. The, herb, the herbaceousness from that, from the stuffing, the celery, the salinity, kind of add to and really brighten up and open up. And I'm getting a little bit more of a citrusy flavor starting to come through as well, like a little bit of like, like fresh lemon juice or like, you know how sometimes you put lemon over fruit so it doesn't oxidize? Right. You kind of get that with that cherry and a little bit of lemon, almost like a, like a, like a lemonade kind of thing. It doesn't taste like lemonade, but it has that reminder of like a good cherry lemonade. I am getting more citrus now. And it's those herbs, I guess, in the, in the stuffing. Yeah. That kind of bring, they kind of bring that out. out. Cause and there's no lemon in there. 
Yeah. There's no citrus in, in the stuffing or I'm sure there's no citrus in the wine. It's mm-hmm. grapes. Yeah. This is a, I'd say kind of a, a country style bread dressing. So it's not cornbread. So you don't have that kind of flavor going on. So the great debate when it comes to dressing and stuffing, besides just regionality, the, the big thing I've heard that's like the major difference is stuffing is cooked inside the turkey. Right. And dressing is served in a pan. Right. It's cooked in a pan. So, but anyway, it's a super traditional side. Did you add any gravy to yours? No, I didn't. So dad, you made this white gravy from, from scratch, right? Well, actually there was drippings from the turkey. So as a tablespoon plus a teaspoon of olive oil with two tablespoons of flour and you get that into a, a light brown roux. And then you add the drippings from this turkey and uh, cook it up, you know? Yeah. It's not too hard to do. Sometimes you get a little, a few lumps in there, but, but the way to make it more elegant is use your whisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just a fork. Um, I see you kind of moved on to the turkey. How's the, how's the pairing there? Oh, it's, it's delicious, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the texture of that turkey kind of gives that, wine some more texture in my mind because you know they're kind of working together to to in your mouth so it's sort of a mouthfeel thing because you've got that turkey in there you get more mouthfeel with the with the wine I yeah think. it's like it's like it excites the bubbles mm. and kind of has them go a little bit more and kind of you know the the richness of the turkey because this is turkey breast um that richness of the turkey kind of opens up the fruitiness kind of goes away and it's kind of more of the acidic the acidic side so it kind of brings out the acid of the bat and the body the body of it before you kind of get into that can you tell us about the turkey kind of how you cooked it well it came out of a bag you put it you put it in the hot pan with all the drippings and you put it in the oven for uh let's see 375 or 25 minutes and then you baste it take it out and baste it okay and when you first put it in you've got aluminum foil on top to kind of keep all those basting drippings in then you put it back in for about 12 minutes it was fully cooked so it was one of those things you were uh, okay. really just heating it up okay and it looks like there's kind of an herb an herb yeah butter mix yeah. On, on the skin so it's not exactly our tradition because like we said I, we fry it <laughs> so i'm getting ready to try the pecan pie with it have you tried it i have not i'm just getting to the turkey you're like speeding on me oh Sorry about that. I'm hungry. I mean, I'm just enjoying the wine. This is one of my favorite sparkling wines out there. Um, and, you, so, and you said it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, it's under it's under twenty dollars. I have not, I have not seen it over twenty dollars here in the Arkansas market. Mm-hmm. So just a little quick thing about about Lucien Albrey. They have been making wine in Alsace since 1698. So they've been around, they've been around for they've a long a time. I mean, we've been talking recently about some of the winemakers, you know, 98, 60s, you know. It's like those beer guys last week. Yeah. 1997. <laughs> yeah, 96, <laughs> you know, 80, 90, you know, 1980s. Now, you know, this has been, they've been making wine up there for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And, you know, they are in an area called Alsace. So Alsace is also known as Alsace Lorraine. Uh, you may have heard it referred to that. It is the part of Eastern France. In a hundred-year span, changed hands between Germany and France like four different times oh, okay. because of the because of all the wars. It's one of the first places that, when Germany and France would fight, that would kind of go. It's where it would go, and then it would transfer back and forth. So you have, you know, the elegance and the the understanding of culture and pleasure that the French bring, but you also have this precision and work hard and you know laser focus from the german aspect that i think creates a really really great wine and a great wine region like what so we have two wines here tonight that are from from that region um this rosé sparkling rosé is 100 percent pinot noir oh okay it comes from Alsace is a little bit of a cooler climate and so this is 100 percent pinot noir rosé which is really cool because you know in Champagne, this would be called a, or a Rosé Seigneur, or if they made it white, you know, it'd be a Blanc de Noir. Right. So if they're using the same kind of grapes and the same method, it's just interesting you get to see the terroir of, 
of all sauce as well. So I see you. So uh, you're not getting a whole lot of color out of it from the. Yeah. So the the colors, I mean, coming from the skin from the skins, but obviously they don't because it's so light. They don't leave it on. Yeah, the very skins long. must not be there for long. Mm-mm. So I tried the pecan pie, and I want to do a shout out for Joanne's mom. Joanne's mom is the one that taught Joanne how to do the pie. In fact, she gave her a recipe, and then later she said, well, it's not exactly like that recipe. (laughs) Shout out for her. Bless her soul. Today would be her 100th birthday. Mm -hmm. So, the day we're uh, recording. But anyway, the the pie is wonderful. The, The sweetness of that filling, and it has... The light Cairo syrup within the within there, and that sweetness and the wine, oh man, they are working so hard together. Yeah, it's awesome. And then you get the you get the nutty flavor of those pecans, not pecans. <laughs> We're in the south. It's pecans. We're in the correct part of the south. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think Georgia calls them pecans. Yeah, like Georgia, Louisiana. Yeah. But anyway, that's you'll see it on the Instagram photo. She made little ones, and uh, it was slightly an experiment. She With made the, the crust herself. Uh, the little pans were a little thicker. Man, it it is fantastic. Turned out really, really well. I mean, that the acidity works really well with that sweet kind of playing up. Brings out that that wonderful cherry, a light cherry kind of flavor with it and you know the butteriness kind of rounds it out it's a fantastic pairing for those of you not from the south may also know this pie as Cairo nut pie a Cairo nut pie is the same thing as a pecan pie and uh, then a chess pie doesn't have the pecans in it yeah a chess a chess pie it's is a pecan pie the same pecan. yeah yeah so, got several names but and then Joanne's passed on this recipe to her daughter my my daughter and Marie, and she's an expert at it too. Yeah, and you know each each kind of generation kind of puts their puts their own little little twist on it, or has done it in a, a different a little different kind of way. Do you have any more about the the winery itself? Well, so they they're from a little bit farther south in Alsace, down south of Colmar, in a region called Oshwir or Oshwir. I guess it'd be kind of how to pronounce it. They do wines of all sorts. They do Gewurztraminer, Riesling, Pinot Noir. They have uh, Grand Cru, Grand Cru levels of all their wines. I have not able been able to have any of their other wines, any of their still wines. The only one we have in our market right now is the is the sparkling wine, and it's it is so lovely. The Cremant, they've only been doing the sparkling for about I think about forty years is when the AOC kind of came through, a little bit over 40 years. You know, they were one of the people to help push it. Because they're making this Pinot Noir, and some years it can be hard to get the Pinot Noir where you want it to do a still wine, they make this beautiful, this beautiful sparkling wine, sparkling wine from it as well. I really, really say if you have not been able to have their wines, go ahead and give them a try. I mean, it's all hand harvested. It's laid down for at least a year before it you know they've i mean they've won medals they got great scores but you know uh, to me it's really really about how it tastes and do they make a non-sparkling as well yes they do they make still pinot noir still garhertzameter riesling pinot gris and then they do some of the um dessert i guess you could call them dessert versions the uh select select noble the sng's and the Vendagetarges, which are like late harvest and okay. botrytized stuff. But I, I really want to try some of their still stuff, but I have I have not seen it in Arkansas. Okay. You ready to switch over? Distributors to- need to help us out here. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we I mean, drink what they provide and exactly. that's or, it. If you would like to send us wine out there, you know, I was looking at our, I was looking at our, our listener map. You know, we've got a listener out there in Germany now. Um, oh, okay. You know, I've seen... Did Norway ever show up? I haven't seen Norway show up. I know they're listening. <laughs> I know. I've got to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, um, but I know they're listening. You know, we've got more listeners in Australia. We have, you know, listeners in 
Ireland and England. And so it's just been really cool to see how you guys have been popping up. Reach out to us on, on the Instagram. We'd love to kind sure. of share, share wine experiences with you guys. Or if you've, if you've had any of Lucy and Albre's still stuff, let us know. Let us yeah. know how it tastes. Yeah, Maybe we can do some kind of bottle exchange. I don't know how that works, Josh. Well, you check that out. All right. So um, ready to go to the next wine? I am. Okay, so the next wine is another Alsatian wine. This is a white wine. It is called Gehertzameter, and it is one of my favorite grapes of all time. Um, a lot of people have probably never tried it, or if they do try it, it is normally not really well-received because it is very, very aromatic. I'm sure I see you smelling it over there. I haven't picked mine up yet, but it's it's got a is it just punching you in the face with smells? It is, and and I'm trying to dissect it, but it, I, I get a lot of sweet floral, but then in the back there's the earthiness of it, which I think is just fantastic. I mean, it's so complex, and you're looking going. Wait a minute! How did you get so complex? You're just almost clear. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's got a it's got a really light like straw kind of color to it. It's um, even lighter in straw in my book. It's just a very light yellow, like a pale, uh-huh. real pale yellow. Yeah. So this is a 2014. I've been able to find some places in town that have older vintages of it, um, just because they buy it and it doesn't sell. And I know that they hold on to it. Like this one, I bought at Pop Top just down the road from us in their back room. So this is a 2014. It's six years old. You'll find with Gehertz Munich, you'll find a lot of like really, really floral notes like roses and lychee and potpourri and pineapple, tropical fruits. Like this one, you know, like he said, you know, it smells, it smells of like rose water, like that really, really pungent rose. And then, but back in the background, you get some of that, you know, that really um, chalky minerality Oh, back on the nose. It's almost like baking spices in a way. It's a, yeah. It it's very complex. Yeah. So there's there's a lot going on. So Gehertzameter is Gehertza is spicy or herby in German, and then Traminer is a great variety. So Gehertzameter is actually a cross is a cross of two different grapes. They're not quite sure which one gives it the spiciness, but they do know it's Traminer. So when it was initially named with it, I was like, this, oh, this is the spicy style of Traminer. And so you get a lot of that like big, robust, and really intense smells. I, I totally agree with you, the, the spiciness of it. And it's, it's kind of like, what spices are in there? And I'm sure when we get to this dressing. Oh, yeah. It's going to play really well. With the thyme and the other herbs, it's just going to be so good with it. Yeah, and so Gertzmeiner can be kind of high in the residual sugar or the kind of that sweetness. But I've found when you get stuff that's aged for a little bit, a lot of that sweetness has gone away. That can just be really overpowering or even syrupy, kind of the syrupy feel. Yeah, so the mouthfeel is, it's, it's uh, a much different mouthfeel taste than the first one. Yeah, so. You know, what, the sparkling is just light and aromatic. And this one is not, I don't want to say thick, but it's thicker, mm-hmm. but it's uh, very coating, you know, yeah. coats your mouth with yeah. all of that. It's quite, it's quite viscous, you know, it, it, you know, the alcohol is sneaky on this. You know, the alcohol is 13, 13.3%, but you don't really taste it because you have a lot of that residual sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the residual sugar level on this is 8.1 grams per liter, which is kind of high. Okay. For people who drink a lot of really dry wine, you know, we talked about Mayomi. Mayomi actually has some residual sugar on it. So that's okay. kind of why it's a little bit more accepted. But the, the acidity level on this, you know, is at uh, 5.3 grams per liter. And it's for all you science people out there, the pH on it's 3.5. So oh, it is, okay. there, it is yeah. there on the, on the acidic scale. Oh, that's good. I could just drink, I could just drink this wine all day. Ugh, it's like, it's so like robust and sweet and but not overly sweet and very floral. They talk about lychee all the time, so if you've ever had lychee or lychee uh fruit, you kind of that flavor, but it's so it's so aromatic, it's so delicious. It's just like for me it's just so brightening and so lifting. A lot of times when wine can be good, but it can be kinda of heavy. I've told a lot of my friends, 
you know, outside of champagne and sparkling wine, if I had to drink one, one type of wine the rest of my life, it Gerhard Semener is, is up there on my list. Now, what's the price point on this one? Uh, this I bought at $25 a bottle. Mm. So not too bad. It's, it started to tick up in price because I think, you know, they're, they're having to hold on to it for a while. And so they're trying to recoup a little bit of lost costs on it. Okay. Um, but you won't really find them over 30 okay. unless they're like Grand Cru or like, you know, vineyard specific okay. uh, kind of level. Uh, but this is from a, from a, a winery called Hugel. Uh, H-U-G-E-L. They're one of like the two older, one of the older ones in, in Alsace. You know, they've been, they've been there since the 1600s yeah. making wine as well. Uh, but sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about this wine, but let's so go. How's it, how's it aged? Is it aged in barrels? And so let me look at the text sheet real quick. Um, it is, that's, I'm sort of getting some vanilla notes, maybe some oak barrel vanilla notes. Yeah. So it's not going to be oaked in new oak. If anything, based on when I was over there, they're going to have these big, like, 500-gallon 500, 500 barriques. Yeah. So old, old wood that kind of help is kind of where it goes through that. A lot of people are probably using stainless steel now. I get more, more vanilla than that. Anyway. Yeah, so um, I, I think it, it, goes through neutri- it goes through some neutral oak. Um, it doesn't go through any new oak. So I think some of that that you're getting may actually just be kind of a little bit inherent of the grape and kind of the sweetness that's going, going through it. Yeah. Cause they, they keep it in temp- temperature controlled vats. So that means they're using um, stainless steel for a while and then they rack it and let it sit in. Yeah. In neutral oak before, okay. before bottling it. So I tried the dressing with it. Mm. And uh, so it's not quite the pairing that we had before, uh-huh. but the mouthfeel, the herbs, the spiciness of this wine, the acidity, they're very good together. There's no doubt about it. Mm. What do you think? Have you tried it? Yeah. Yeah, the herbiness brings out a little bit of the kind of a, a astringent, kind of bittery flavor mm-hmm. on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet I didn't put any, I'm going to take a little gravy this time. Um, I think like if you have some gravy on it, it'll kind of round that out a little bit yeah the gravy yeah neutralizes it some yeah the richness of the mm-hmm. gravy kind of wraps it around mm-hmm. and kind of elevates elevates a little bit more of the fruit and kind of the perfumey aspect of it and not quite as much of the flowers oh man that's good though i go to the, to the turkey little, yeah the fattiness of the turkey mm-hmm. and the sweetness and spice of the wine mm-hmm Oh, they're they're doing real, and there's some herbs on top of this this turkey that just came with it. So that that's really pairing well, pairing. Yeah, I think that herbaceousness really really works well, and like you said, the fat like the the flavor of the turkey and kind of that little extra fattiness from the underneath the skin would be really good. I think I think this would be better with our turkey. Because we we brine brine, turkey, yeah. Because yeah. we brine, we brine our turkey, so it's got all that kind of salt and everything in it. Right. And then the fat, I think the fat stays a little bit better with um, when we fry it in that crispy crispy skin. I think would go a little bit better than than this one because the meat has the turkey flavor, but it doesn't have that kind of like briny flavor that we normally have. That's right. That normal we normally have with it. What are you tasting in the wine? Just as as a as a taster and a a, a content purveyor on a podcast. Well, no no pressure now. Yeah, I'm mean, just saying. <laughs> what do you taste? What do you taste? Because you know we've been talking about the pairings a lot. Just but the wine itself. What do you taste? The wine itself. It's like I said. I got some earthiness from it, and I'm not sure where that's coming from. And then I get some spiciness of it. I mean, it's not like there's pepper or salt or anything like that. It's just this herb type spice and i don't know where that's coming from on the wine because there's no herbs in the in the wine itself yeah but i am getting some of that you know it's kind of like green like, a, like, like a, green pepper uh, uh, that sweetness of yeah. a green pepper yeah. yeah well i'm thinking like um green peppercorn oh okay you know a little bit more not quite as 
not quite as biting as black pepper. A little bit more kind of that herbaceousness floor, you know, kind, of, kind of level. So what do you taste with it? So I get everything you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Fruit-wise, I get some of that lychee. But I get, I get some pear as well, like pear and apple, uh, like tree fruits. But, you know, jasmine, honeysuckle, yeah. rose. Right. I said honeysuckle yeah. earlier. So as a, as a blind taster, as a blind taster, you know, wines that have all this, all this uh, floridity on it that are coming out. And then you taste them, and it's got that viscosity that we talked about and a little bit of fruit, tree fruit coming through. For me, you know, I can smell a Gerhardt's Meter and know it. Know it, know it in a heartbeat. Oh, it has a distinctive smell, that's yeah. for sure. Except from the one that I did with Maggie, because it was Grand Cru. I don't drink enough Grand Cru. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, she blinded <laughs> she, you. Yeah, when she blinded me, it was a Grand Cru. Uh, it was a Grand Cru um, Gerhardt's Meter from... Kinsler, and they do really, really dry styles of Gerhardsmeter, so that residual sugar is just not there at all. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's really, really good, and I think it's going to go well with the pie. Have you had it with the pie yet? I'm working on it. So that K roll, almost. You know, I thought I had some of the wine in my mouth with the K roll. <laughs> really, I mean, they're they're, <laughs> they're so similar. That's you know, K roll cooked this way. Is not sweet like Cairo straight out of the bottle. Yeah. Mm. And so those pecans are pulling out some nuttiness of this wine. Are you noticing that? Yeah. It actually like so I don't know cuts it. down the floor. It takes out almost all that floral note mm-hmm. and leaves that like luscious tree fruit tropical in the acid. Yeah. And... You know, the nuttiness carries through and just, I think the nuttiness really enhances those flavors in the wine. So it's like the earthy English walnuts or something like that. that You have such more of an earthy taste than pecan. Right. There's some earthiness in this wine, and I've said it several times, and it's just hard to describe it. It's so good. So the, the earthiness that I'm getting is, you know, it's a lot of minerality chalk stone it's not really like dirt or earth or compost no no it's more stone um, stone minerality stone earthiness it's it's the like dirty that. like the the dirt earthiness of the nut that richness plays really really well with that with the stone minerality that's yeah, going it's, on well, it's like it's like that river that runs through a earthy chalky mm-hmm. bank mm-hmm. and then you taste that water which you're not really supposed to drink anymore, but we did it as kids all That's the time. All right. It's flowing. But yeah, you get you get that earthiness just from that water because it runs through that mm-hmm. that riverbank, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm getting from this wine yeah. as well. And chalky is a good word for it because chalky means dryness. And this this wine's pretty dry. Yeah, even though it's still it's even though. It, it has that residual sugar there and that sweetness. Like I said, I think because it's six years old, uh, some of that sweetness has kind of dissipated out. And it's just leaving that beautiful, beautiful dry taste. This Hugel, or Hugel, um, they grow in the Rockweir area of Alsace, which I think is a little bit more north than where we were in with the Lucien Albrey. You know, I I went to Alsace. I was lucky enough to go to Alsace a couple of years ago with um, Joe and Jeff. And I've said it before, and I'll say it every time anybody asks me about that trip. Even though we went to Champagne, Alsace, and Burgundy, and we actually did lunch in Chablis, I think we missed out on a lot staying because we didn't spend enough time in Alsace. Oh, really? Yeah, we spent... We got there in the evening. We had dinner. We woke up. We did a couple tastings. We had dinner the next morning. We left to go to Burgundy. Oh, wow. So, like, we were... we were. It was just, like... It was it was so fast, and there was so... There was so much, I believe, like, we missed. Like, we did we did tasting with Turnbach, which was, which was really great. But, I mean, Kinsler was head and shoulders... Head and shoulders better. Um... 
They're well, any one of those regions, you could have spent days, right? Oh yeah, and I mean, we did we did spend multiple days in Champagne and Burgundy. I just I I really think we missed out on a lot of really good stuff because we didn't even taste any red wine. What? In Alsace, and Alsace is starting to make some really good Pinot Noirs. Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's just cool enough. So, anything else you want to ask me about Hugel or these these two wines that I got that those I brought? Those two wines are fabulous. Now, so we're pairing today with Thanksgiving food. In your opinion, Josh, what would you pair each of those two with instead of the Thanksgiving? So the Gehersmeiner, I would say if you're having something spicy or even like Asian and slant, it'll be really good because of that residual sugar would work really, really well. And honestly, anything you would pair champagne with, I would pair with the Lucy Bray duck, you know, duck breast, popcorn, caviar, I think would go really, really well with that. I think we've even, we, we've had this Lucy Bray with pizza pasta burgers mm. you know to me it it is extremely extremely versatile i mean i think we've even had it with steak i think, I think we've, we've done it i think we've done it here with you know bacon wrap bacon wrap fillets and well i was fruit. thinking salmon yeah we, salmon. we had salmon the other night and we had whispering angel uh-huh. but i think you could you could pair this with the mm-hmm. with the salmon itself too because the i mean and and i'm not just saying oh we got to use fish Right. I'm saying that the pairing of that salmon and the bubbles would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even like if you're going to do like a coursed meal, you could do, like you said, this with a fish course. You could even do it with a salad or a soup course because there's enough body mm-hmm. and enough complexity in the Lucien Albrey to kind of go with anything. Same with the, same with the Gehertzmeer. You know, it's got a lot of body, got a lot of going on. Um, you could definitely pair it with something, with a vegetable course. Exactly. With a fish, with a fish course. I even mm-hmm. think it could go with some lighter style sausages. Oh, okay. You know, that unctuousness of the fat, I think, would work really well. Kind of like we saw with the, with the turkey, how the fat played really well with, with the Gehertzmeer itself, but. That's kind of where, you know, where I would go. But, I mean, I love both of these wines, so I would drink them on the front porch with air. <laughs> you know? With air. <laughs> like, oh, it goes well the, with air. The, the, for me, the, both of these wines. Exactly. Both of these wines are wines that I would put with any food, no matter what. Right. Because I love them so much. Yeah. But I knew, I knew that they would work well with Thanksgiving food. Because of the two different things that we talked about, like the aromaticness of the Gehertzmeter playing well with the fat mm-hmm. and the aromaticness right. and the sweetness, and the Lucien Albre having that body in the depth to go from the beginning to end of the meal. So that's kind of that's why I picked them. Besides just the fact that I love both the wines. Yeah. Okay. And I've brought them to the last like four Thanksgivings. Yeah. <laughs> right here. <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's move on to this red wine. So the red one is uh, what again, Dan? Nouveau Beaujolais. Nouveau uh, Beaujolais. And how do you how do you pronounce? Uh, George de Bouche. De Bouche. So he was a a French wine merchant, and he founded this winery of his own. You know we've we've had this wine before. It a seems lot. to yeah. Well, it's our Thanksgiving. A lot. It's our Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah. And I remember one year I said to Joanne, I said, what do you want for Christmas? I want a case of that wine. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, a funny story about this wine is, you know, when we first moved to Arkansas, gosh, what? That was 2003, so 17, yeah. 17 mm-hmm. years yeah. ago. You know, we did the whole, na- we did Christmas, y'all did a Christmas party because we moved in September and, mm-hmm. you know, invite all the neighbors. And we had neighbors next door come come up and Marie and I chuckled later because we they brought Nouveau Beaujolais and we're like, ah, they're going to be friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's one of those wines that, you know, for me, just as a memory in the family and just like kind of my story of my story of alcohol and kind of 
and all those things is Nouveau Beaujolais has always been one of those things that has been around. Yeah. Because it's, it's good, it's cheap, it's, it's fun to drink. So um, I'll let you get back to it. So, uh, well, you know, we're looking at it. So it's completely different in color from the other two. It's sort of a, a purple. I want to say deep red, but really it's a purple color. When you hold it up against some white. Right. It pours that way. It seems to have longer legs than the other two. And I don't know that that's a bad or a good or whatever thing. You know, we always look at the legs. And on the nose, what do, what do you seem to get, Josh? It is like can like fruit candy. Yeah, it's 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 very fruit fruit forward. Yeah, candied strawberries. So if you don't know what nouveau Beaujolais means, it means it's the first harvest. It's the new wine. Right. I don't know if that means those grapes really aren't quite ready. Or no. what it is, but they are traditional wine picking of that first harvest. Right. So Beaujolais is a region in France. It is south of Burgundy. And again, another region that I believe has some very, very underrated wines. What happened down there is, so they grow a grape called, called Gamay. It used to be grown in Burgundy all the time, but in the last couple hundred years, it got torn up for Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And, but Beaujolais, as an AOC, still only can grow, uh, well, not only can grow, but their red wine is, has to be a majority of Gamay. And because, for whatever reason, didn't become as popular as, as Burgundy, it wasn't nationally as known, these wine merchants and winemakers were like, man, we got to get our wine to market. We got to get it fast. Right. We got to get some, we got to sell some stuff. We can't sit on stuff for a couple of years. We've got to, we've got to, we got to move. We got to get this out. So it's kind of like that gin. Right. <laughs> it's like we talked last week. <laughs> yeah. Or week before last about the gin. It's like, you don't put that in a keg. No. <laughs> you sell it. You, you put, and that's what you, they do here. Yeah. You distill it, you put it in the bottle, you go. And Nouveau Beaujolais is, it is the new vintage of Beaujolais. It is put out as quickly as they can. It is not set. It is not to be developed. It is to be a party wine. And it was kind of like they even. I think it was. Uh, I think it was George DeBuff. Like you said, he was an importer. He was, you know, and he started kind of his own wine label, being a negotiant, buying from other people. He started a race with a couple other people. Uh huh. To see how fast they could get their wine right. to Paris, well, because Paris wants to, you know Paris loves red wine. They want it. They want and, it. And you know the easy drinking restaurant wine, easy drinking house wine. Just let's get it out. And so he's like, man, I got to get this out. I think it was in the eighties that he did this. He died January this year. Oh wow, oh, January fourth. Man, twenty twenty is just January fourth oh, of this year. Twenty twenty is just sucked with people dying. And he was he was actually called the Pope. Or the king, yeah, the king of Beaujolais. Beaujolais. That's right. So he's he's a very important person. Yeah, he did. You know, all these big marketing things. The labels are always bright and colorful, very artistic. And so he like created this race about getting it. Started a big party when they could get it in France in in Paris. And you know now it's regulated that you can't get Nouveau Beaujolais. Do you have this in your notes? Because I don't want to go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, no, no, you, go. You... no, go on. <laughs> I, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. So Nouveau, so Nouveau Beaujolais can't hit the market until the third Thursday in November. It is like it, that's when it has to hit the market, and I think that's one of the reason it is such a good Thanksgiving wine. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. Of course, I'm, it hit before that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> no, Dad, they didn't sell it before. We're talking about, yeah, but I mean, you can. <laughs> it's when it normally has hit the market. It's the Right. It's either the second or the, I can't remember exactly. It's either the second or third Thursday in November is when it can legally start to be sold. And and like you said, the the bottle itself, the label is so beautiful. Right. What'd you get on the nose there? So I got a lot of like candied fruit, mm-hmm. kind of almost like strawberry bubble gum. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really it's really bright, really fresh. There's a little bit of little, little bit of like green herb. That's what I like about it, is the freshness 
it's not as sweet as those other two. Right. Because they just, they just banged it out. You know? Right. So it hadn't, any, hadn't had time to age or sweeten. Right. So it, it's not bitter. Mm-mm. But it's not nearly as sweet as those other two. Yeah, if you if you love red wine and you have people in your life that don't really care for red wine and you want to, this time, if you're having, you know, your group of less than 10 because COVID, unless you live in a country that has been better than the United States with it, and you have larger gatherings during the holidays, have a Balanuva Beaujolais and do what we've kind of, well, we've talked about before, just pour them a, pour them a taste and have them go with it because it's so fresh, it's so fruity, it's so light. It doesn't have that tannic bitter bite that a lot of red wines have, which is what people say they don't like about red wine, even though there are some tannins in this. But it, it's really good. It's a really good party wine too, because it's. I mean, what what do you buy it for? Less than twenty. Yeah, so it's a it's a good bottle that you can buy a couple of, have around, or you can take to a party. Oh yeah. You know, if you know you don't want to show up empty handed, grab a bottle. Of any of these because they're well, the garage meters above twenty, but. You know, they're all fairly priced. That, that one you take to your boss's party. <laughs> yeah. And you make sure you open it and you pour your boss a glass and you pour yourself a glass and you cheers and then you walk away with the bottle and never right. come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that fast. So I, I tried it with the uh, stuffing, the dressing, as we call it here. The herb, you know, kind of draws out the sweetness of this wine. There's not a lot of herbiness in the Beaujolais. Mm. I mean, it's 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 just a nice, easy drinking wine. You said, Josh, is you could just take it to a party and just you know curl up beside it. Yeah, this it's a great party wine, especially in this in this season of well, normally holiday parties, and you know for us in America, you know we've got Thanksgiving and we have starting all the Christmas parties because Thanksgiving's a little late this year. All the Christmas parties, all the holiday parties. And if you want to bring something, you kind of want to have that, you know, ace in the hole that you can just go to the liquor store and grab. That's not too much, and you don't mind get, giving it away. I think, you know, Nouveau's a, Nouveau's a great choice when it comes to red. Well, I think so, too. But kind of like you said, the red wine, this kind of, the herbiness of that dressing really kind of enhances the wine and kind of brings it up a little bit and adds to that flavor. Kind of, you know, it, when we've had some Cru Beaujolais, that's kind of missing a little bit. Missing? The herbiness, that herbaceous. Oh, yeah. Kind of the, 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 the dressing adds that to oh, the wine. okay, yeah. That's and a good it, thing. And I get more sweetness because of the dressing and the herbiness brought out more sweetness with this wine than when I first tasted it. I just love this wine. <laughs> These are all really <laughs> you know, good wines. It, yeah. It, and it's... It's the mill's tradition to have this wine. Well, and like Josh said, he brings the, he brings the other two every bring, time he comes I bring over. quite a bit of wine to Thanksgiving. Most of it stays outside with, with us while we're frying the turkey right. for after the beers and cigars. But, the, I mean, red wine and turkey, these lighter style red wines and turkey go really, really well together. What are you tasting in it? Well, I was just noticing the dryness of it, too. Of the? Yeah, of the Nouveau. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried the turkey with it. Did you try the turkey with it? Mm-hmm. What did you think? So this is one of those wines that breaks the mold when it comes to chicken, turkey, and pork. Mm-hmm. Most of the time you wouldn't really want, most most traditional pairingists say, you know, no, you because it's going to have too much body. But, you know, with the, tan- the tannins and the Nouveau not really being there, being really light, and the acidity not being too high, and the fruits being so forward. I think it works really well with the flavor of the turkey, kind of enhancing that. It's almost like if you had cranberry sauce with your turkey. Exactly right. So if you don't like cranberry sauce, if you don't like canned cranberry sauce, and you don't like homemade cranberry sauce, get Nouveau Nouveau Beaujolais. Put it with with (laughs) your turkey, and you're good. Don't put it on your turkey. Yeah, don't pour it on it. (laughs) Don't take a bite, it. take a bite, and take a drink. You know, and it kind of it kind of adds that bright, acidic, fruity flavor to it that cranberry sauce usually it does to enhance to enhance your meal. That's something new. I hadn't really noticed that, but yeah, you're you're just right on that one because the Nouveau has that that sweetness, that dryness that you get with the cranberry sauce. Yeah, 
You know, I hate that thing that's in the can. You pour it <laughs> out and it's jello. But you know where to slice because yeah, of the exactly. ridges on the can. But yeah, this this nouveau. I mean, we really don't do cranberry sauce. That thanks you. Usually somebody brings it. Somebody brings it. Yeah, we don't really eat it. We don't need it. Just give me the nouveau bougelet, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, what are some of your other Thanksgiving wines, Dad? What are the others? What are some other ones that you've had before? I mean, because, you know, we got all France here. We didn't even mean to. But what are some other ones that you... Well, I, I would think a, a uh, well, damn it, damn it, Pinot Noir would go mm-hmm. well with any of these. Right. Pinot Noir, you know, with the Pinot Noir in the, in the Lucina Bray. Mm-hmm. You know, Pinot Noir goes really, really well. So, for me, I don't know about how you feel about this. When I'm going to a big gathering like this, I, I try and buy things under $30. Right. Um, unless it's like a, a very small, intimate gathering of people who I really feel like spending money on, I'm not really going to buy anything over $30. What about a real nice dry Riesling would go well? Yes, I totally yeah. agree with that. A good dry Riesling, a good German would go really well. I really also enjoy uh, Gruner Veltliners from Austria. Mm-hmm. Because they have a lot of those same kind of like pear, almost like uh, hand pear syrup quality mm-hmm. that you find like a Hertzmeter. Or even, you know, it's a little bit on the sweeter side, but like Kung Fu Girl or the okay. one in Columbia Valley um, work really well. Pinot Noirs, mm-hmm. I mean Burgundies, but they're, to me, Burgundies are a little bit above my price range that I'm going to go for. Pouet Fouet. The Pouet Fumets. Which would really go well. Right. So if you're going to go for Chardonnay, I would really say try to find stuff that's more neutral oaked or not oaked at all. Um, so Chablis, Chablis would be really, really right. good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's so yeah, temper, many. Temperney, I think Tempranillos would work really well coming from Spain. Would work really well because they've got a lot of some, some of those same body structures that we've talked about. The, the tannins that aren't too high, the acidity that's really rounded. You know, good fruit coming through. And, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Besides Moscato, because it would be too sweet, and depending on the Prosecco, I don't think you can go wrong with picking a sparkling wine mm-hmm. to, bring, to bring to Thanksgiving. Because, A, people love to see bubbles because, you know, a lot of people still think, yeah. It's, it's festive. It's, it's festive. I mean, yeah. I'm, always, I'm of the mindset of drink bubbles every day. Because, you know, bubbles are amazing. But I don't think you can go wrong with a sparkling wine unless it gets to the sweet, unless it's like gets to be really sweet. Mm-hmm. So, cava, you know, cavas are really good. You can find cavas for under $15. You know, Malbecs, depending on the Malbec, can get a little bit too heavy on you. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a Merlot cab. would be the same. Thing. Yeah, I'm not a real big like cab cab person or Bordeaux person when it comes to Thanksgiving because I think it's just too big too too robust for the food Cote, Cote de Rose Cote, Cote de oh, Rose oh man yeah some of those regular yeah. Cote like yeah. Cote, Cote de Rose level I wouldn't go to a Chateau Neuf de Pop I think that would just be a little bit too I think it would be a little bit too elevated for the food yeah um, but I mean pop the bottle if you want to share it um in, Trader Vic's at it for twenty five dollars. Yeah, Trader, Trader like, Joe's. No, Trader Joe's. I mean, well, we're gonna have to do just an episode, like two weeks on just Trader Joe's wine because there's know. so many good values there. And when it comes to Italian wine, I wouldn't really do Sangiovese because I think it's going to be too earthy, too herbaceous. I think that herbaceousness would clash. Northern Italy, you know, some Nebbiolos would be good, or a uh, Amarone. I wouldn't go to like the top Amarone, Amarone de Valpicello, mm-hmm. um, maybe a, a, Rapa, a Rapasso de Valpicello, because then you know Amarones can get really sweet, really un- mm-hmm. really unctuous. There's a lot of really good wines that go with it. Kind of like we talked about, you want to have a, a a light element of sweetness, something that's not going to be too heavy, not too tannic. You're going to want to have a lot of flavors going on, or a good mixture of flavors that are going on like i think Sauvignon blanc would probably be a little bit too one-dimensional okay. and same with pinot grigio yeah um but there's a lot of 
There's a lot of things that you can do with Thanksgiving. These are just three great options, in my opinion. They just so happen to all come from France. Yeah, but we mentioned several others. Yeah, but definitely if you want to go, if and you want to stay in the United States. Pendigrees or Pendigreesio yeah. would go with most if, of this food. If you want to stay in the United States, you know, I would stick to Willamette Valley okay. or uh, Washington for the whites. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah. so. Have you tried the, the pie? I, have not, I need to try the pie with it. What What did you get out of the pie? Well, you know, you get so much sweetness with the pie. And it it draws out more of the sweetness with the with the wine itself. Right. The Nouveau Beaujolais. Now, the Nouveau... It's such a dry, it's a dry wine. So my, you know, my mouth wants to water with it, but the sweetness of the of the pie and the sweetness of the nouveau, and there's, you don't need the herbs, you don't need any of that. It's just that's a great wine to go with any of these three foods. Yeah, I think this nouveau is probably going to be the level of wine if you're going to want to have a red wine to go from beginning to end. I think you know this would be good. I think I think there are better wines that we've had tonight with the pie than the Nouveau, but it's still really good. I think, I think so that too. I think I, I agree with that. I think the saving grace of the pecan pie or the pecan, with the Nouveau or the pecans, right? Because otherwise, it's going to be sweet and not enough sweet, and it's just going to like it, it brings out a lot of bitterness. Well, but that, the earthiness, of the pecan. that's why I'm saying dryness. Maybe it's more bitter than dryness with that Nouveau. Yeah, but those earthiness to the pecans really help out. It supports the wine to go through the dessert. Now, our friend our friend Maggie would probably say with a pecan pie, you need to have a sherry or a port. She, lo- she loves sherry. Maggie, bring it on. <laughs> bring it. Maybe we'll have to do a special dessert, dessert night. I think she's right. You know, I was thinking a minute ago while, you, while we were talking about the wines that go with the Thanksgiving dinner, I was thinking of port. Mm-hmm. Would be very nice at the end. At dessert, I'm yes. Not, I'm not so much on the sherries, but a port. Josh, we got any port in the house? We don't. <laughs> but a port with this pecan pie, have I you, think that would be stellar. Have you ever had any uh, Pedro Jimenez sherry? No. Okay. It's it's really, really sweet, rich. I think that would go well with the pie. All right. So we're down to it, Dad. What are we down favorite, to, Josh? What's your favorite pairing with the stuffing? Of tonight. What was your favorite pairing with the stuffing? The stuffing. I don't know. They were all so good, Josh. I'm struggling <laughs> here. Or what was your favorite pairing? Of, what I'm was your not, favorite pairing of the tasting? Of, of which? Of the, the enti- of the entire thing. What was your What was your favorite thing? I love the Nouveau Beaujolais with any of this food. I can't say for the stuffing. I think your Gertzometer mm-hmm. does the best with the stuffing. Okay. I think the sparkling maybe does the best with the pecan pie. Okay. Just because of the bubbles and the sweetness. Right. Bringing out all that together. And now I'm, I'm down to the the, tur- the turkey. And for me, I would say the Beaujolais. Okay. You know, it's it's just a matter of taste. Like we've said before. It's right. Like, but it's, so, it's fun to talk about. What, what about you? So I think with I think with the stuffing, I agree with you. The Hertz meter was probably the best. I think there was a lot going on there. I really enjoyed the Lucy and Albrey with the turkey, the pecan pie. I think the uh, the Lucy and Albrey was really good. But like you said, there's none of them were bad. No, they all work really really no. well. I would. I usually have multiple glasses sitting in front of me at Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> Because, you know, I, I want to try this and this and this with, with all the food. And, you know, that's one of the fun things, you know, it's a celebration. And, you know, if you would. It's, it's like a wine pairing. Yeah. Wine tasting. Put three glasses in front of you and three different foods in front of you. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm going to taste this one with this food. Mm, that's pretty good. Try this other wine with that food. Mm, that's pretty good. Right. <laughs> Just keep on yeah, going. And, you know. You got nine different things. <laughs> right. And, you know. This year, you know, this year Thanksgiving is going to be different for a lot of us because, you know, because of COVID, you know, we're not going to be able to have our we won't have our normal normal, our normal give, gatherings twenty plus family. So, here. if it's just you and your significant other, or just a couple other people's, couple other people, you know, 
So take the time to be thankful for what you have in front of you. And if in have those conversations. And if you want to, I mean, we would love to come along with you if you want to put us with you while you taste or just say, hey, everybody bring a wine, you know, and we'll, and we'll go through it together and talk about it and just have a good time because. Yeah, we'd love to hear what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please tag us in like any posts. I'd love to see what you're pairing. We, I know we would love to see what, you're, what you pair with your holiday meals. Uh, those of you that celebrate Thanksgiving, um, Canadians, I'm sorry. You know, we're a little bit behind you. Have they already celebrated? It, yeah, Canadians, it's, it's October. Oh, okay. Just let us know what you're having with your holiday gatherings. Or, you know, if you, for those of you that don't live in America, if you want to try an American Thanksgiving, you know, we, we kind of gave you a, a small tasting that you can go through with you and your loved ones. It's a, you know, Thanksgiving for us, I know I may be speaking for you, Dad, but it's, for us, it's really about just getting together with people we care about and sharing, mm-hmm. That's right. sharing a meal, really sharing is. time together. So this is just a fun way to kind of enhance it. And, and it's going to be tough this year. Yeah. And it's a way, it's a way to bring about discussion. And just more talking without looking at your phone or talking about what's going on with the world. It mm-hmm. keeps you really. It can keep you really in the moment of what we've got going on. So we're, we're so blessed to have so many different things, and fortunately, we can buy the food and we can buy the wine. So. Yeah. And so you know, you know, put your phones away, have a conversation about what's what's in your glass and what's on your plate, and how are people doing? Then, then what's going on with the craziness of the world right now? Well, are we ready to do the blind? All right, cheers. All right, so we're going to be doing the blind. I am using a tasting grid, which was developed by a former boss of mine named Jen Henderickson, who is now the education and tasting director at Domaine Serene. All right, so this is a red wine. It is clear there's no evidence of gas or sediment uh, i would call this a ruby i can de- it's translucent i can see right through it goes out to a watery meniscus so i'm not going to really be guessing a whole lot of age on this wine the legs are kind of slow coming but i think that's mostly because of a clean glass i'm going to go on there's no real staining that I'm noticing in the tears either. All right, on to the nose. Uh, this is a clean wine of, you know, kind of moderate intensity. You know, it's kind of, I think it's youthful, but there's a lot going on in it. Definitely some uh, more red, more red fruit, kind of some cherry, raspberry. Yeah, cherry, raspberry some like dried flour on it the um the fruit on it is a little baked a little bit of like light herbaceousness well that dressing goes well with <laughs> i bet it, i bet <laughs> it does like light earth on it some like forest floor a little bit of almost like a little bit of compost or mushroom there's no uh, there's some like Much light lighter crust. than the new boat to me yeah there's light there's some light stoniness on it um, I think it's gone through mallow, um, but there's not really, it's not really like a punch of barrel usage. Acidity is medium plus. Tannins are medium. Alcohol would be medium. I think it's called medium, medium plus. It's kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. Bitter on the palate, like yeah, I've uh, noticed that too. skins of the fruit, but still kind of cherry. Raspberry, really underripe, kind of underripe flavors of both of those. Definitely some herbaceousness, still some of that like composty, crushed rock, forest floor kind of flavor in it. Still feels a little tight. Kind of some like dustiness, actually. Dryness? It's dry. I definitely call this a dry wine. Yeah, a little bit of oak usage, some baking spices. You know, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, kind of lean on it. It's not quite round yet. Yeah. Body's medium. There's, you know, some bitterness on it. That's kind of the, the wine is tending toward being bitter. Complexity is medium. Finish is medium. Okay. I think that this is a, I think this is a new world wine. I think it comes from a cooler, a moderate climate. 
possible grapes, I think it could be Pinot Noir. I think it could be Merlot. I think it could also be Gamay, but probably not. Um, I think it could be from the U.S. It could be from Argentina. Or not Argentina. It could be from Chile. It could be from Australia. You said New World, but you said come from the U.S. That's New World. Okay. Europe is the old world. That's right. <laughs> Europe is old world. Oh, my bad. I think this is a Pinot Noir. I think it's got some other stuff going on in it, but I think it's majority Pinot Noir. I think it's coming from the U.S. I think it's coming from California. I think it's coming from the Sonoma area. And I think it is probably about 2017. So... There you have That's it. what I'm thinking. I think it's California Pinot Noir. All right. We'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. And uh, so next week, we're going to start back on our track. Uh, we are going to be going back to liquor. And next week, we're going to be doing tequila. So, Dad, what are you doing? All right. Well, I'm doing El Gimardo, hand-harvested, 100% agave tequila. Is it the Reposado? Is that how you pronounce that? Rep- yeah, R-E-P-S-A-D-O. Oh, Repopato, yeah. Yeah, Tequila Repopato. Yeah, yeah, Repopato. And I'm going to be doing the Epsilon Tequila, and I'm going to be doing the Blanco, or just their, their entry-level tequila. All right. So we, we tasted that neat? We are going to oh, be man. tasting it neat. It, uno, dos, tres, boom. dun 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 Tequila. But it's gonna it's gonna be a good time. Um, so we really hope that you guys enjoy this episode, and um, we hope you enjoy some of these wines on your holiday break. And um, once again, follow us on the socials. Uh, we're on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, be watching the Instagram this week because you may see us uh, change our image a little bit this this upcoming week are uh, we gonna rebrand i think we may be throwing out a new label up there so um kind of be on the lookout for that we'll be sharing it out um uh we're gonna be kind of rebranding a little bit putting it out there and um so we're looking forward to uh, to that uh reach out to us we'd love to have the conversation with you let us know what you're drinking let us know what your uh, kind of holiday favorites are as well so you're not going to change our our uh order again john i mean well, you keep, as of not you right now curveball <laughs> uh, these guys i don't i don't think so i think we're going to be back on it for all a right back to liquor week all right all right so once again i'm josh mills and i'm john mills and thanks for listening thank you and goodbye <laughs>